Everybody ready? Yeah. Oh my god, I haven't done this in so long. Ryan, you know what I do now. <laughs> Sip of your water. On the most recent episode of the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, <laughs> hear me mock Brandon for his cold opens. Yep. This is this is every episode. All right. Everybody ready? Do you like Disney? Do you like movies? Do you like friends who watch these movies? Disney Channel, Tipsy Battle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Battle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Battle, yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, the podcast where we watch and review all the DCOMs from A to Xenon. My name is Brandon Lamuto, and I am your host and I have so many friends here with me in the studio. I've got my usual suspects with me. We have our mixologist, James Letiri. Cheetalicious. We have our sound engineer, Ryan Metz. Hi! <laughs> and we have a guest today. Uh, we are so excited to have this guest. He is a friend of the show. He is a freelance writer, and he is a New York City-based playwright. He has worked with Disney Theatrical on Broadway Ooh. Ooh, on productions, including Aladdin and Frozen. We are so happy to have him. Please welcome Gianfranco Lentini. Hi, guys. Welcome. I'm so nervous. I'm oh, so don't be nervous. Okay. Well, it's okay if you're nervous, but we're just glad to have you here. This is amazing. Like I said, I made the trek from Washington Heights because I'm committed to you guys and the Cheetah Girls. That so is incredible. We're I'm so ready glad. for this. I bet it took you like 90 minutes to get here. With the train breaking down? Yeah. Oh you better God. believe it. Well, we're glad to have you. Thanks, I want to ask you about, about Disney on Broadway. That's a sweet gig. How'd you get set up there? Oh my God. The story is not interesting at all. I literally <laughs> knocked on a door and I said, I would really like to work here. And they were like, someone's looking for an assistant join. And I was like, awesome. And then everything after that was, you would think Disney theatrical is this huge, like 200 person team. No, it was basically the same six people working from show to show. Oh, wow. Jeez. So, Think of every Lion King to Newsies to Mary Poppins. It's the same group of people getting the these musicals up and running. And they are such dynamite people. Um, so just working with them actually was the dream. That's amazing. That's Damn. That's crazy. Any crazy stories you could tell us? Don't say anything bad. <laughs> we'll save that for later. But that's amazing. It sounds like you have a really nice gig there. Um Let's talk about DCOMs. That's why Let's you're do here. do it, yes. Do you have a history with DCOMs? Do you love them? Do you hate them? Tell me um, about it. Since the moment I was born, I've <laughs> been watching DCOMs my whole life. Oh, wow. I'm so happy to hear that. For context, for all of our listeners out there, I met Gianfranco at a party uh, because I overheard him casually use the phrase Zetus Lapidus. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I heard that, I said, well, <laughs> here's a guy that needs to know we about this podcast. We bonded so fucking hard. We spent like 45 minutes exclusively talking about DCOMs. I would dare to DCOMs. say even an hour at it that was, point. It was an excellent experience. I never get to do that when I'm out, and it was great, and I'm so grateful that I met you. Yeah, so thanks, Brooklyn, for hooking us up. Hell yeah. I'm surprised you never get to talk about DCOMs while you're out, because you <laughs> love DCOMs and you love talking. Well, like, I, that's a very good point. I get a chance to do it because we engineered our own chance to do it, but off the cuff, you know, out in the open, uh-uh. Hey, everybody. Do you like Disney? Do you like movies? <laughs> Do you like friends who watch these movies? That's how I imagine you at a party. Yeah, that's pretty much it. My life is networking for Disney Channel. Um, <laughs> but let's get into this movie because this was a movie that we've wanted to talk about for a very long time. It's one that just about everyone is familiar with. It's the first girl group that they'd ever did in a DCOM. It's called Cheetah Girls. 
She delicious. <laughs> it stars Which, Raven Simone. It was voted in 2005 as the most popular Disney Channel movie. Yes. She's going to be throwing out that. these fun facts as we go. Crazily enough, though, on IMDb, it's one of the lowest rated, which baffles me. It is, it is, it is Raven Simone Erasure, and I am not here for Blasphemous. it. I know. Um, but yes, it stars Raven Simone. It stars two of the three LW singers. Oh, uh, two of them? Yes, it's not the third, and I have a whole thing about the other one. It's it's a great story. Two LW. <laughs> it, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you read the tabloids in 2006? No. Well, yeah, they came up with that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so we'll get into everything great about this movie. But before we get into that, yeah, Ryan, you got me. But before uh, we get into the movie... <laughs> We're called the Tipsy Panel for a reason. Why is that, Ryan? Um, actually, now that you mention it, what's that sound? What's that sound, Ryan? Ice in a cup. Ice in a cup. Because we have ice in a cup. We got ice in a cup here, but more important than the ice is the alcohol. We have. Mm. We always have a drink on this show. James is our mixologist. He has whipped up yet another tasty drink for us. Uh, James, tell us about the drink. Uh, this drink is. Serves two purposes. <laughs> oh, it's utilitarian, and it <laughs> shares a name. Okay, uh, I feel like everyone mostly is familiar with uh, that concoction you come up with at a college party. You just mm. throw a bunch of stuff. Oh, 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 oh! oh yes, Brandon. Uh, jungle juice. It's jungle juice. Okay. What else lives in the jungle, according to this movie, but doesn't live in the jungle? Cheetahs. <laughs> <laughs> so, do they live in the savanna? I guess they say like the jungle's got one less cheetah. We'll get oh, into right. it. <laughs> Some Ooh. crazy shit. Um, but yeah, this is jungle juice, but like not a crappy one. Like I feel like it's <laughs> more balanced. So it's, it's very uh, fruity. It is. Mm. They all are. And I couldn't not put. Oh yeah, and we also have uh, maraschino cherries. R.I.P. Uh, Arthur yes. R.I.P. Oh my God, <laughs> the patron saint of our show. We must honor honor Arthur Mandela by um, eating his cherries. Oh, we should find out what the anniversary of that is. Yeah, we'll have. It's probably. Oh, I was going to say it's probably soon, but there's no reason to there's say no it's There's no reason soon. to be. It's every day. Every day is Arthur Mandela Day. Arthur Mandela dies every day. <laughs> yeah. He is like, uh, who's that Greek god who gets his liver eaten out every day? That That's is Arthur Sisyphus? Mandela. Uh, no, no, he's Sisyphus the one that pushes, pushes the rock. The, up the hill. Anyway. Jean Franco <laughs> and listeners, just so you know, Arthur Mandela <laughs> Jr. was the maraschino cherry magnate who... It was discovered that he was running a pot farm in the basement of his Red Hook cherry factory. And uh, he committed suicide as the cops closed in on him. So that's just a little bit of New York maraschino cherry lore for that's you. That's where we end this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. He's and the it's patron saint of our podcast. The patron saint. Him. <laughs> yeah. Very closely related to Disney. I'm sure you all can recognize. Yes. Um, but yeah, this jungle juice is like just a little step up from Sprite and Kool-Aid. There's still Kool-Aid in it. And that's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I bought the jammers. I got a couple jammers. Oh now. hell now yeah! Now my, my house is full yes, of jammers. Um, so yeah, it's uh, just a mixture of Kool Aid, um, some orange juice, pineapple juice, fresh oranges, fresh limes, fresh lemons, um, a little bit of Martinelli sparkling apple cider. Oh, uh, and then um, a little bit of um, simple syrup because it was a little too tart and. Bitters, Angostura bitters, just to Ooh. like round it out, and it it makes it so it's not so crazy. And then um, th- for the alcohol, you can use whatever you want. You can use rum. This has vodka and a little bit of uh, beer. It's like a light lager. 
you know, I th- I thought it almost had a champagne taste. That must be the Martinelli's. Martinelli's yeah. and the beer in there is like that little bittering. Right. Hell yeah. Yeah. This well, yeah. is delicious, and I'm drinking the virgin version because mm-hmm. I'm a virgin. And mm. Yep. Oh my god, it's just I'm gonna Waiting drink it really salvation. fast. There's one plenty. day, one day we're gonna pop your cherry on the show. It's gonna happen. <laughs> if you want to make this drink along with us and enjoy it, you can. We will post the recipe onto our Instagram at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel and uh, show us some pictures. Let us know how you like it. But before we get into the movie, no, we already did that. <laughs> we're called the Tipsy Panel for a reason. Hi, everybody. We're, we're going back. Tipsy Panel for a movie. I'm, I'm so- Brandon. <laughs> I hate this. We're moving on. Let's talk about Cheetah Girls. All right. Let's start from the top, shall we? The movie opens, obviously, with a dance number, with a song. Um, I don't remember what that song is called. Um, I, could, I, I should have it pulled up in front of me, but I don't because I'm, uh, I'm very forgetful. But uh, what I do like about the start of this movie is that there's no fucking intro bullshit of like, oh, hey, do you like cheetahs too? I like them. We should start a group or something. No, it's just they're already established and they're already performing and they're already on their way to the stardom that they're looking for. Somewhere we- in the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, and I, I think this time we do know where it is. Yeah, it's New York City, baby. Yeah. yeah. They actually filmed this one in New York City. Wow. Yeah, Amazing. also in Canada. Impressive. But oh, yeah. Of John Carl John Franco, if you didn't know, they're pretty much all filmed in Canada. Mostly Toronto, Vancouver. I feel it would be cheating to send this one to Canada. Like yeah, I know. Well, honestly, so, that sounds like it would cost more money to do it in two disparate locations like that. They spent so much money on the Cheetah Girls franchise. There are two mm. there are three movies. There's Cheetah Girls Two, which mm-hmm. they filmed in Spain. And there's Cheetah Girls what? One World, which they filmed in India. Oh my God! What? I like the know. Sex in the City movie? Fuck. Just Sex like the City Two? <laughs> yes, just like that. Just in, like Sex in the City. Yeah, just in, like Sex. <laughs> this movie is Sex in the City. Honestly, there's four girls in New York just trying to make it happen. Yeah, all fighting. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're fighting. <laughs> they love clothes and shoes. Oh shit, guys. We just watched Sex in the City. Oh, oh my God. Did we just watch Sex in the City? <laughs> oh, no. I might have watched the wrong movie. This is the one with Miranda in it, right? It's the one with Carrie Brownstein, right? Yeah. Okay. I think we're all right. We watched the right movie. But yeah, and then they had tours. Um, they, the One World Tour went to 46 different venues across the United States what over like two oh months. God. Yeah, they did a lot. And Jeez. then it just kind of you know didn't pan out. Um, I think it's time to send them to Coachella. <laughs> oh hell oh, yeah! Shit, they let's bring them back around. Cheetahella. If Beyonce no. could do it, mm-hmm. Cheetah Girls could do it. Yeah, Raven, where are you at? They would sell so many tickets if they went on tour right now, mm-hmm. and we'd be. Yeah, I would go the prime group. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I hear. I, I hear that's what Rage Against the Machine this year will be at Coachella. No, yep. fuck that. Jeez. Call up, call up. Um, uh, what, what are their names? Uh, Keely Williams. Call up Sabrina Bryan. Call up Adrian Houghton. Raven is is debatable, but let's get let's get it going. Cheetah let's... Girls, Rage, and Pavement. The three, <laughs> the whole unit. That's perfect. And Ariana Grande. <laughs> so we establish everything about who these people are at the very beginning of the movie. Plenty of exposition, um, but it's in general it's pretty good exposition. So Raven plays Galleria. Um, huh. Awful name. I don't All know where that comes from. Though. Yeah. It, Galleria, Chanel, Buh. Aqua, Aqua, and uh, Do- Do- Dorinda. Dorinda. Yep. They Do- call her Do. Do-, 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 Do. 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 Re Mi. Do. Re Mi. What or a name. Or just Do. Yeah. 
which I want that to be my nickname. But if I was a teenage girl, I wouldn't want to be called Doe. Yeah, I know. Especially a doughy white girl like what her. Doughy. <laughs> what does she refer to herself as? Shrimpy and white? Yes. <laughs> that, if that isn't me. That's, yeah. my new, that's my new LinkedIn headline. Shrimpy <laughs> and white. But yeah, we, we get a pretty clear establishment of who all of these people are and where they come from. Galleria is of a mixed race family. Her mother is a success. I guess she's a fashion designer because she's got like those like model. Like she said the, something about modeling in there. Yeah. 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 She was a model and she's, I think she had a fitting and like somehow Galleria like ruined it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Constellation Jones oh, was the name of yes. the person she was to dress. All, all the names in and this then movie. never we'll comes get back to around it. at all. No, no, it doesn't. She's supposed to be more responsible, and at no point does she become more responsible. Galleria speaks patois, and then she never speaks patois again. I do yeah. have to. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, I do have to say that Galleria's apartment is the most real New York City apartment I've ever seen yes. in a show. It's not like there's a lot of space. They have to walk around stuff to get to the other side of the room. Uh, that's real. None of this, uh, you know, fucking friends bullshit. Right, like Chanel's, yeah. which is, uh, you know, pictures of her mom flat. on the wall. Yeah. 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 Her a mom's a elevator model. in the back. Oh, my yeah. God, what I would give. Um, and, and Galleria's father is a lovely Italian man. And I can't wait to talk about him in our decom dad hour, but, but we have so many other, yeah, we have so many other things to get to first. Um, so yeah, Chanel is from a wealthy family. Her mother is uh, rich, but aloof, um, Very. dating, dating Luke from France. Um, Luke? Uh, we get a very quick establishing shot of Doe mopping the floor to clearly just say she's poor. She mops manual labor. <laughs> And uh, nothing about Aqua. Yeah, yeah no, except for that she's from Texas. Yeah, she carries hot sauce around. Yeah, good for her. There's a scene. There's a scene later on where Raven says like it's unbecoming of a celebrity to carry around her own hot sauce. To which I say, you don't know anything about celebrities. They do whatever they want. Yeah. Oh, Hillary Clinton carries hot sauce in her bag. Swag. Beyonce carries hot sauce in her bag. Chrissy Teigen probably does. Yeah, she's relatable. I'm 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 with Keely Williams on this one. Carrying around your own hot sauce is badass. And I'm still with her. <laughs> James, you made your own hot sauce. Prepper boy, now available nowhere. <laughs> Not even in my fridge because I ate it all. It's if I made it and it still existed, it's old. Oh man, I one ma- of these days. I made my own hot sauce too. Why'd you make your own hot sauce? What'd you call it? Uh, I didn't name it. I just ate it. If you had to name it right now, what would it be? Green man. I like that. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'd buy that. Pepperboy, Green Man. No, no, I got to make my own hot sauce. Gianfranco, you ever made your own hot sauce? No, I'm Italian. A good point. We don't deal with hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> but you made your own gravy, I'm sure. Do not call it gravy. I'm, so- that's sauce. I'm 0% Italian. Sunday sauce. It's sauce. Oh, yeah. Um, but, oh, my God, the Italian in this movie is so good. It's so yes. bellissimo. Yeah, bellissimo. He's accurate also. Mm-hmm. I thought he would be... A character, but I was like, like, no, no, no. These are my, this is my relative right here. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can relate to this guy coming in the room and just talking, eating, leaving. Very touchy feely. Yep. Yeah. His accent was good. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I could track the Italian as they were speaking to each other. I'm nice. like, yeah, this is someone did their research. Chicken piccata really does have capers in it. I mm-hmm. know. Which, yep. uh, what's her name? I already forget her real name. Raven Simone didn't bring. Which right. is a tired trope in movies that like, what happened to this? You were supposed to get it for us. You're I have such to say, at that moment, kid. I did like let out a sigh, and I caught myself <laughs> and went, "Oh God, I am that Italian." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh God, <laughs> oh man. I spent a little time in Rome in my college years, and I don't understand any of what he was saying anymore, which is a shame. But the way that he put her hands on her, I was like, "Yep, he's an Italian, all right." 
That's Italian. I see it. Can't also, talk without touching. He's yep. handsome like an Italian. Too. Oh, he is. Yeah, beautiful beard. What a guy. Um, so um, the main goal at this point in the movie is to get in the talent show. Um, there's a talent show coming up at the school on Saturday, mm-hmm. and they're all trying to get in. They need to do the audition. Um, so they're preparing for that and writing new music. Uh, mm-hmm. And they talk to Derek, who is the only... Hot boy. Hot boy, yeah. Played by Kyle Schmidt, the guy from Alley Cat Strike. Kyle Schmidt. we remember that one. Yeah, not Schmidt. Schmidt. Just cut the T off of it, and that's him. I like his haircut in this movie. He definitely has a good haircut. He felt like Devin Sawa in Casper. Yeah. that same, like, part down the middle. Mm Mm-hmm. Just got a bunch of Casper vibes He's giving me Swayze vibes. Yeah. So in Alley Cat Strike, that's three years before this, and he's still, like, mid-pubescent, and he looks very nerdy and strange. It's three years later, he's playing, you know, the love interest, and he's pretty good at doing it. You know, the character, yeah, the character itself is very insignificant. And oh, yeah, I got a lot to unpack with his rap, but <laughs> oh, I that's a big note on my page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna What's get it called? There. Come on, mm. Ooh. Yeah. that well, was the big reveal of this movie to me is that he was rapping the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. he, they don't show any of his music, and then when it's revealed that he's gonna perform, he raps because when he talks about going to a cafe and, and sitting next to Wynton Marsalis and passing a sugar packet, I assume that they were gonna be like jazz or at mm-hmm. least like rock mm-hmm. and roll, but. No, then it comes out and he's like rapping. He's the white boy rapping. Yeah. yeah. Rapping about fr- ethnicity. Oh, <laughs> my God. If you listen to those lyrics, but. Stole it straight from Tribe Called Quest, which made me very upset. Yeah, that was bullshit. Wait, what, were the, what was he? Well, he got, because he, in the song he goes, uh, what is it? White, black, white, black, brown, oh, Puerto yeah. Rican, and, and Haitian. Haitian. That's, that's electric relaxation. Yeah. That's hey, yo, my man, Alec, Kyle Schmidt, he got something to <laughs> say. A, that's Beastie Boys, too. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then it's They're all over the 90s. Yeah. That whole rap song is just snippets of other rap yeah. songs. It's not what you see, it's what you heard. Oh, um, rest in peace, Fife. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, MCA. Yeah, rest in peace, <laughs> MCA and Fife. But anyway, we get to the we get to the talent show and they perform what in my opinion is the most iconic Disney decom song out there, Cinderella. Yeah, that Agreed. was that was a banger. I never heard this song. Me either. So, it was actually originally written for uh the group Play. If you remember Play, there is no one else that I can say this to. Right, you don't know head. play. I'm shaking my head because I don't know play. Oh, play I, is. I, I also don't know. Considering play. you're you're such a big fan of punk rock, you would love mm. the the tween girl group from the 2000s. <laughs> play. Are you pulling my leg? No. But yeah, um, Cheetah Girls uh, took what play did and did it way better. Um, such a good song too. I you know I don't want to be like Cinderella. Sitting in a dark, cold, dusty cellar, waiting for somebody to come and rescue me. Nah, that's not what that's not what being a feminism. powerful woman is all about. Yeah, hell yeah. This whole movie is feminism. Mm-hmm. That's right, and it's great. Um, they do the performance, and then the talent show leader drink a champagne. Oh that my name. god! Not even a crazy, crazy name. Mm-hmm. It can be argued not the craziest name in this movie. Oh yeah, I mean when you're when you're next to you know uh, Galleria, what's her last name of jewelry? Yeah, of jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's all I could think of every time I heard that. That's some commercial here in the tri-state they call area. Bubbles too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Where the yes. fuck does that come yeah. from? It's in her last name. Is like Bubba something. I thought it also began with a G. Bubbleissimo. I don't remember. Bubbleissimo. That's true. Well, <laughs> her dad's name is Franco Bolo, but it's one word. So I don't know if they were pulling 
Yeah, God bulls damn. out of bolo? <laughs> Maybe. Damn. And then damn Chanel's it. nickname is Chuchi. Chuchi. Which I, I guess I could. It's a little. I could buy that. That's fine. Yeah. Cutesy. Whatever. And that's, Aqua's just Aqua. So in so, well, now I need to provide some context. The Cheetah Girls <laughs> is actually based off of a book series of the what? same name by a woman named Deborah Gregory. Guess how many Cheetah Girls books there were? Seven. Oh, higher, yeah, my friend. Fifteen. About yes, about fifteen. Oh. It is somewhere between thirteen and sixteen. The the Wikipedia page is a little spotty on that. Wait, oh, so no. we don't even know how many there are? There are this so is... so there there's there's a whole bunch. There's thirteen explicitly listed. Don't you dare name them all. Oh, so... I will stop the recording. <laughs> oh boy, you've got books titled such as is... Hey Ho Hollywood and Growl Power. And those are just the ones I remember off the top of my head. I just felt all the positive chemicals in my body fall. <laughs> just not drain. They're just now in my ankles and feet. I just developed spinal stenosis yeah. listening to what you said. <laughs> Can we start a book club? A tipsy book club? Oh, hell yeah. Tipsy book club. We yes. haven't done that yet. That would be great. We could start with shop in the name of love. I'm here. You gotta I'm be here for fucking it. Fucking kidding me. <laughs> so I, in the books, there's five characters. Uh, Aquafina. Aqu- I almost called her Aquafina. Aquafina. Yeah, Aquafina. Aquafina. <laughs> Aqua has a twin um, of some name that I forgot to write down. Um, but in this movie, they didn't have that, presumably because they didn't hire any twins. They just had uh, Aqua, Keely Williams. They should have hired the two blonde girls from Double Teamed. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, I think, bada bing and bada boom. You yeah. know, I think if they did that, it would have been abundantly clear that they are, those women are, you know, well into their 30s. Fair enough. Well, you know, when you're standing next to a bunch of true 14-year-olds, you could get away with it. But like, you know, Raven and Adrian Houghton, they're like about 19, 20. If you put true adults next to them, I don't think, you, you lose the illusion. True adults is that like true confessions? It's the same thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were talking about this book series, yeah. So in the book Why? series, because so there's a fifth character in the book series. Um, there's it's a twin, and my first thought was, oh well, why didn't they just get the third character, the third singer from 3LW? So I, you know, I did a little digging into 3LW. Right around this time, they lost their original third member. Oh, that was when she died in the plane crash, right? Excuse no, that's um, that's what's her name? That's Aaliyah. No, 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 no. that was 3LW. I... No, Ryan. Yes, it was. Okay, oh. Ryan's rewriting history here, folks. <laughs> But um, the so the deal with 3LW is in about 2002. And the singer um, died in a plane crash. N- yeah. <laughs> Naturally, not who Corey was the Lytle. original. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> There's no baseball here. Um, Naturally, Naturally, was the third LW, and they had a dispute <laughs> in which. Keely Williams allegedly threw a whole plate of KFC hey. at um, at uh, Natri one. Yes, and, and then she left. And they didn't. She left on her own volition. Honestly, good for her. I imagine that she was like, "This is the last straw." Mm-hmm. And they didn't just kick out Keely Williams yeah. from yeah. the group, which not is probably what they should have. Not done. until she died in a plane crash. Not until <laughs> yeah, she was played for the Yankees and <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to do some reading. I'm the only one here doing any goddamn research. 
I was on baseball reference all day. You can't say that I haven't done any research. <laughs> okay, fine. Research for this. Oh. Anyway, they get in the talent show, and then who shows up but Jackal Johnson. Oh, baby, my name's Jackal Johnson. The most famous music producer to graduate from whatever magnet high school this is. Manhattan Magnet School. Right, Thank of course, you, Manhattan yep. Magnet yep. School. Um, he walks in to, you know, open calls for the local high school talent show where he went i guess so i guess it makes sense that he was there and um this whole scene is incredibly dramatic <laughs> i love it um you have you know you have the the four cheetah girls all like trying to you know brand themselves to him and show how capable they are you've got jackal johnson talking like he's the coolest guy in the room with his dumbass turquoise sunglasses that he wears in a dark room and his stupid gelled hair and his and his posse pierced ears but then my favorite you have raven's mom um what's her name uh dorothea, dorothea. Lynn, uh, lynn whitfield you put on an amazing performance because she knows everything about jackal johnson she knows what records he's produced she knows how many awards he has she knows he's allergic to dogs his- and then when she leaves him goes what was your name again and he goes jack and she's like right drag him yes. queen i love it it was so good. Honestly, Dorothea is the is the best part of this movie. She's Absolutely. an excellent mom. You never yeah. get good parents in DCOMs. Sh- these are some of the best parents. I didn't, well, I, uh, go ahead. There's Juanita, who is uh, totally ignoring her daughter for this Parisian dude. Yeah. True. Who, wherever he is in this movie. Right. And then she's surprised when her daughter, when she gives her daughter a credit card and then her daughter spends a lot of money. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. But Dorothea takes the cake. Yes, 100%. Like, Galleria is lucky to have her. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't care for that particular scene where she dragged Jackal Johnson because I thought that was really ham-fisted, but I agree that she is easily one of the best parents we've seen in a DCOM mm-hmm. to, to date. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the acting was, was absolutely just mm-hmm. very forced. And her wardrobe was off the hook. Yeah. Yes. I lo- Everyone's I- wardrobe in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could talk. The greatest outfits. You got turquoise sunglasses, tiny sunglasses. You got cheetah chokers. You got fingerless <laughs> gloves. You got white Kangol hats. You got oh. corduroy cabbie hats. Oh. You got uh, some Matrix sunglasses. You got star earrings. Let's, and then let's the, pour some out. At the end where they all matched. Yeah. For Those, no reason. Yes, yeah. No reason. <laughs> I have that note as well. <laughs> they, ha- they weren't talking to each other right. at the end. There's a whole conflict. They weren't going to the talent show. Before we get that there, was yeah. supposed yeah. to signify the fact that they were all in the same wavelength. I mean, you know, some bullshit, like some vibey bullshit like that. But like one of the one of them was just like, oh, I'm, I forgot my headband at home. Oh, well, <laughs> I forgot my headband. The, they're drowning in accessories. Yes. In this movie. I, the, the sunglasses in particular, I noticed, and it was in, truly incredible. Um, but yeah, no, the, they splash cheetah print throughout the whole movie, which is great. Um, and they also splashed cheetah lingo throughout the whole movie, which I fucking hated. Anyone notice how much they call each other girl? Yeah, so a much. lot of just we should girl. have counted. I wanted to, but I was I was a little too excited just to watch Cheetah Girls. Quick note, though, mm-hmm. according to IMDb, however credible that is, no one actually wears cheetah print in this in this movie. It's all leopard print. Really? Oh. That's what IMDb says. I do not know enough about cheetah or leopard print mm-hmm. to distinguish i googled a little bit and i i feel like it's accurate i trust you well, let me whip out my field guide to leopards versus cheetahs. <laughs> that's the real research we should have done before this i have it on paper here it's a, <laughs> it's a book 
Nobody reads books anymore. So uh, not only do they get in the talent show, they also get a potential record deal from Jackal Johnson, who just walks in. Um, the mother's very skeptical, uh, but eventually uh, Franco Bolo convinces Dorothea, <laughs> wonderful names, convinces uh, Dorothea to you know allow the girls to go for it and try it out. Um, so you know they go to the meeting. Um, at the meeting, um, Raven makes a wonderful entrance. Because her foot's covered in dog shit. That's poop right. Shoe. Yep. Yeah. Old poop shoe. That was a funny scene. And they but, were all like, "You stink." And this is, you know, this is when, uh, you know, Raven is just taking herself way too seriously. And so annoying. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. So you know, it's probably the main lesson of this movie: like, don't let fame go to your head. If you want to go to the top, you got to respect the people who you go up with. And Raven forgets that. You know, she doesn't learn that at all at the beginning, and she is the worst to everybody around her. Uh, well, what's her name? Literally scrubs shit off her shoe. Chanel scrubs shit yeah. off her shoe, yeah. And, yeah. and she's just like, oh, she didn't even say thanks. She's like, oh well. She uh, pats her on the head. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, thank you, and out of the room she goes. Yeah, um, that's what I do when people scrub shit off of my shoes. <laughs> just thanks. Um, but well, yeah, and then you know, uh, the fame is going to their head. Uh, specifically Galleria. The rest of them are all pretty grounded in reality. Yeah. But the word goes around the school that the Cheetah Girls are talking with Jackal Johnson now. It's a big hit. They want to interview him for the school paper. Um, and then Derek is talking to them in the, you know, trying to trying to flex in the in the hall, but it, or in the cafe, but it doesn't work. And holy shit! Oh my god! Before we go any further, <laughs> we're called the Tipsy Panel for a reason, and that reason is because we're a panel. But I, <laughs> you have, to, you all have to see this. Uh, so we're we have the movie up on the screen in the studio. In in the first lunch scene, there is an incredible, incredible moment that. Is, it's hard to catch if you're not paying attention. But in the first lunch scene, after we meet Derek, um, Raven is Raven is talking about um, what's she talking about? She's talking about how like you know we don't want to let let you know guys' attention go to our head because we're in it for you know to get famous, not for some guys. And just ev- everybody watch this. And so what, so what what happens is Derek is you know trying to look cool and he bumps into somebody and like spills a lunch tray. But you all have to see what happens. And listeners at home, you have to see what happens in this. It's like 16 minutes into the movie. So here we go. Just a way to bring down the hammer on our success. Just watch. Watch the back. <laughs> Did you see that? The, the lunch lady that he bumps into fucking slams the Not tray into them. No, look at the determination line. in her face. <laughs> she it has a mission, and that mission is to slam the tray right into them. <laughs> to throw sauerkraut at these kids. Boom! <laughs> yeah. Incredible. You all should watch it because it's very apparent that the director was just like, ah, just make sure they get nice and messy. <laughs> time time stamp, 16 minutes, 19 seconds. Wait, I, I need to take a picture of her face because her face, it's you can see her grimacing. I know, it's incredible. I will I, I will pause right at the moment as soon as it gets there. Uh, nope, Three, okay. Two, one. Oh, I was so close. But it's okay. You'll, we'll, we'll get it. It's but, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren was in uh, Cheetah Girls, little known fact. Uncredited. Back, back when she was still a Republican. Uh, yep. Those she's, eyes. She's setting it up. Oh, God. She's looking at them 
and then is going to slam a lunch and tray this kid into this right kid's behind head. her is just as terrified. Oh, oh my god, that's what my hair looked like when I was that age. Brandon, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> it's yep, there I am, right next to Elizabeth Warren. That's Jackal Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was talking about when she's actually slamming the tray on the kid's head. She's just grimacing, and it's really Jeez. intense. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we watched that. And then so many she times. falls. Yeah, why does I, she go down with that? No idea. She just hit them in the head like a like a WWE wrestler. Yeah, it's just bad acting. Yeah, I know. And but then let us even everywhere. worse directing. Yeah. I'm so glad that it happened. That was pretty good. Thanks for setting that up. Whoever you know cast that person. Don't be sad that it's over. Smile because it happened. So um, once they go to so okay so let's talk about what's happening after they go see Jackal for the first mm-hmm. time. Um, Jackal who? Jackal Johnson. Um, so they, so they're they're planning. They're you know they're writing some new songs. Um, Raven is trying to you know micromanage everybody, and uh, Aqua and Doe are both like, Chanel, you got to do something about this bitch because she is wilding out. She is making this no mm-hmm. fun for anybody. Um, what happens here? Um, oh, we find out that the label's called Deaf Duck Records. So crazy and their font is like a jimbery. Mhm. It's it's awful. Clearly it was a play on Def Jam, yeah. but their parody fell on deaf ears. Hey. Uh, that was a good one. Drink. <laughs> Ryan had a great slam. Everybody. Um so they 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 set up a, a second meeting with Jackal, which is on the same day as the talent show, uh, and everyone's kind of upset about that. And Raven, while being very rude, is absolutely right that like you know getting a potential record deal is one hundred percent better than this talent show at a high school. Mm-hmm. But you know it, it's furthering the conflict. But you know the she's Raven right for the wrong reasons. Else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because she's right doesn't mean she's not an asshole. Was this the time where she said we don't want you to look toe up and shanky? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. holy shit. So, yeah. She, but um, it was torn up and janky. No, no. I heard her mm-hmm. say toe. It was, said toe well, it up. was, it was, well, you know, toe up, but it was torn up. Yes. And then Doe goes, torn up, and then rips up the shoot of paper that Raven gave her. How's this for torn up? Great line. Um, that was when Raven switched on her uh, hood voice because right. they all have that. Mm hmm. But Raven didn't really do it for the whole movie. Unlike right. Chanel, who. Chanel and her mom, whose accents were. Borderline offensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they all were, but yeah. I'm a white man, so I don't really get to say that. Yeah. In 2003, you could do the patois, but I don't think that would fly now. <laughs> um, I-, I could do anything in 2003, but I was also 11 years old. <laughs> if Shane Gillis can do it now. Huh? Oh. Moving on. We don't want to compare ourselves to him. Uh, so around now, we find out that Dorinda is poor, or Chanel finds out that Dorinda is poor. Mm-hmm. She's trying to go to, to Doe's house. And, uh, you know, Doe's been playing the whole, uh, you know, get out a block early so she could sneak off to her, you know, back alley apartment. Um, but but Doe has the greatest line uh, when Chanel finds her, says, if I knew you were coming, I would have lived somewhere else and been really rich. Because <laughs> like, that's how it works. Yep. Just, oh, oh. Especially in New York City. Chanel's coming. Let me just go get an apartment. <laughs> Where do you think that was? Was it the Bronx? C- could have been. I, I, I feel like it's in Manhattan because yeah. it, most of this seems to be Manhattan. That she, was the one that they shot in Toronto. It, honestly, probably. Yeah, that would make the most sense because it's just like an alley. 
She's also, um, I'm reading too much into it. Never mind. No, 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 please. No, she's volunteering at like the Manhattan Boys and Girls Club is like where she works and mops the floors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they go to school with like the Manhattan Magnet School, whatever. Um, So I assume it's Manhattan. And there's a doorman. Yeah. But the doorman knows who he, but listen. (laughs) Are there doormen in the Bronx? Email us. Yeah, I Disney we Channel would love to know. AOC, get at us. Are there doormen? <laughs> yeah, we got to get AOC on the show. That yeah. would be our, our that would be the the peak of our show once we get AOC on here. We could let her make the drinks. <laughs> I respect service workers. Yeah, hell yeah, we do. I was once one. Imagine being upset that someone is a bartender and then in politics. Disney Channel politics panel <laughs> i'd much rather not thank you let's move on um girl power is the next song that they perform uh at their second meeting which is so fucking good by the way just as good as any destiny's child song so you good. said no more politics i'm joking <laughs> girl power is great um it's got that whole you know uh singing right into the camera with like a fisheye lens mm-hmm. type trope very uh, MTV. Mm-hmm. Was that the one they did at the um, record studio? Yes. Right. That even looked like a set of MTV. Yes. It did. Yeah. And uh, so Jackal Johnson's like, okay, yeah, cool. But here's what we want you guys to do. Oh. And then they start advertising. <laughs> Global Get Down. The, the world get music down. group who uh, they all wear these stupid animal masks. Awful masks. So and bad. sing um, very just cheesy substanceless pop and now we have the masked singer on tv oh my so, god it's basically oh, just the masked singer not too far from reality you know i heard a rumor that adrian howden is on the masked singer if she's not a cheetah <laughs> then she better be. cancel the show i know it's gonna be pretty embarrassing when she turns out to be one and people are listening to this episode and they're like oh well they should have known <laughs> yep <laughs> dated <Jokes> reference <laughs> editing that out <laughs> But uh, yeah, the song is boring. We go all around the world. We go all around the world. Do Do you prefer that to Girl Power Run? Yes. Okay. Well, then. That's a banger. (laughs) We go all around the world. I was singing that all last night. Like the rest (laughs) of them, I didn't remember, but that one was. (laughs) You know know something? Same with my wife, because after the movie was done, she was like, meow, 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 meow. You're who? My wife. Yeah, Gianfranco, you don't know this, but I got married a couple weeks ago. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And it is so fun to just casually pepper my wife into conversations. It's great. Dated reference, editing that out. I I could still say that. We go all around the world. We go all around the world. So um, the, the, the record company scene, the second one, is where things really fall apart. Uh, Raven is firm in her convictions that this is not what they want to do. You know, they want... To make their, they want to make their dreams happen on their own terms, not on global get downs terms. So she goes to walk, but the other three don't immediately go to walk. And now, see, this is where I have my biggest problem with this movie. Um, oh, that's the fir- your biggest problem with this movie? I, okay, let me explain. One of the biggest lessons that Raven has to learn in this movie is don't lose sight of the vision. You know, don't like you know sacrifice your friendships. Don't sacrifice anything for your dream, Mm -hmm. you know? And then at this point, she's starting to realize that. But, and, but, and it's her friends, you know, the other cheetah girls who are all trying to, you know, tell her that don't lose sight of the vision. As soon as global get down comes into play, 
they all lose sight of the vision. They abandon. I know. It's so crazy. They're all just like, yeah, no, I'm down with this. Yeah. Cheetah Girls, who? I don't know her. I have a theory. Mm-hmm. So in my notes, I wrote that the whole global get down scene became a horror movie real fast. Yeah. I have a theory yeah. that they got hypnotized. Ooh. And, and or kidnapped. Some creepy, like, you know, hypnotic things in the masks. We go all around the world. We go all around the world. We go all around okay, the world. Okay, now. We go all around the world. Now imagine that. We go that. all around the world. <laughs> we go all around the world. Imagine that with, like, you know, the creaking of a door, the rattling of chains, much slower, sung by a child. <laughs> We go all around the world. <laughs> yep. In yeah, theaters this Halloween. That's my theory. But yeah, um, things kind of go to shit. Raven walks. Um, and then the other three are soon to follow. Once they realize, you know, we lost another cheetah. Um, and, and Jack was like, ah, we'll just get a new one. And they're like, what? You're just going to get a new one? Well, there were other singers in the city. There were a hundred <laughs> identical girls waiting outside. Right outside yeah. the door. Yeah. Um, that may be the only almost subtle thing in the movie where they don't actually say it, but they walk out of the meeting and see many, many groups of four other girls with their own shticks trying to audition for Global Get Down. Subtle. Mm-hmm. Well, it's subtle because they don't say it, you know? Nothing in these movies is subtle, but like, it, it it would be you know it would be in true decom fashion if one of them went like who are all these girls are they also auditioning? <laughs> no, I, that's that's the difference between this movie being for nine year olds and for ten mm-hmm. year olds. <laughs> but meanwhile, for babies, these are fourteen year olds who are trying to make a life changing decision. Mm-hmm. Your parents are where? Yeah, where they one, go? one of their parents is with a French boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One of their parents is actually like trying to make it happen and is somehow like gained power of attorney over all these kids. Hey. <laughs> and then one of them doesn't want to talk about their parents, and the other one has the one that actually has no parents is the one that you just see none of it. Like she's a, a, for all intents and purposes here alone from Texas. Yeah, but. At the very end of the movie, where all the girls are like dramatically walking away from Raven, there's a much older man with his arm around Aqua. So I'm just assuming that that's her father. But if not, huh. then I'm creeped out. Don't mm. you only see the bottom half of his body? Yes. Like you don't see his. <laughs> you don't see like He's anything like above Charlie his chin. Brown dad, literally. So my question <laughs> is, who are you? <laughs> so that actually was one of my next notes was that this movie exemplifies the absent parent trope of decoms because Mm -hmm. you know the only one whose parents are truly present well i shouldn't say that uh, doe's parents aren't present because they are and they're good parents the foster parents but we only uh, see the miss bosco right miss bosco yeah Yeah, she's very kind the only one are galleria's parents so let's 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 do the decom dad hour let's 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 talk about so the decom dad hour is when we talk about the mostly the dads in this movie but it's really for everyone decom dad hour decom dad hour um so yeah let's talk uh let's start with franco ballo uh the lovely italian man personally I thought that he even rivals the two dads from Cadet Kelly. He, yep. I, I really liked yep. him. He does he, the work of two dads. He does. He does. He, he speaks a lot of Italian. He just throws it in there. We don't get subtitles. We don't Truly, need to I know. aspire to be him. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's if I'm going to turn into any dad in, in a Disney movie, I want it to be him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're, you're halfway there. I got half the name, so like, let's yeah. keep it going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, if I had to rate him, and you know, he's the one who who, you know, 
coaxes Dorothea and convinces her like and he, he has some nice lessons too where Dorothea doesn't want her to do this she's like wait until after college and Franco Balo makes the very good point of like if she makes the mistakes now she's got us to fall back on you know we could support mm-hmm. her yeah. can she you say that in an Italian accent if she makes the mistakes now oh we can support her I support, yeah, this. I support this. <laughs> as long as I have the, the endorsement. Can I am you, Italian. Can you do it now? <laughs> <laughs> Dorothea, please. I give him I give him an A. I like him. He's good. Yes. I give him an Solid A too. A. He also one thing that was in this movie that is typically not seen in these DCOMs. Some sexual activity between him. Oh yeah, he, he slaps her butt. He spanks her. He yeah, touches her ass. He touches. He lays a hand on the. Ladies. But it's really cute. It's it is cute. cute. It's affectionate. Yeah, I love it, it is. Yeah, it's it's wholesome. Do we know what he does for a living apart from being at home and cooking? Ash Stay toucher. Stay at home dad. Ash, ash toucher. toucher. Yep, professional <laughs> ash toucher. Yeah. <laughs> Those I don't know. That's say. a good question. What does he do for a living? Uh, we would have to go back to the one line of exposition. Yeah. He comes yeah. and he's like, where are my capers? And yeah. she's like, oh, sorry, dad. Maybe stay at home, dad. Kick-a-so. Sorry, dad, whose Porco accent Dio. I do not have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. A plus from me. Yes, yeah. it was great. The other, uh, Dorothea also gets a high grade. The rest of them all get Fs. Manja salam. Oh, no. Um, uh, Ms. Bosco is also great. Move la pasta. Anyway. Um, so we get to the end of the movie, um, and I guess what's happening is they're all kind of split up. They're doing their own thing, uh, and Gallery is walking her dog down a New Toto. York City Classic. street, Toto, and Toto runs away and falls in a hole. Toto, oh. when Toto runs away, Toto runs in between two cops, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then those cops come later and are panicked that I, Toto f- yes. fell in a well. This is a very important line in this movie. So, um, you know, Raven bumps into a cop who then has to come over and be like, hey, little kid, watch where you're going. But he doesn't get a chance to because she goes, my dog fell in a hole. Cut to my favorite line. (laughs) Dog in a hole? That's bad. (laughs) Yup. And that was clearly just some extra who... He might have ad-libbed it. Oh, dude. I could talk... Did you guys notice... There weren't that many street scenes in this movie, but did you notice when they're on the street, there's like New York sounds kind of peppered into the background. (laughs) And at one point it was right when that scene happened. I wrote it down. Uh, It's like, she's walking on the street with Toto, like just kind of zoning out. And you hear a guy in the background go, that's way too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. I rewound it so many times. (laughs) Now that you mentioned it, I did hear that. I was like, what the fuck? You hear people just say like, hey, what's with the traffic? Like it's My bagel. Yeah, what's, I ate a bagel with this pizza. (laughs) I'm walking here. The 42nd Street train is late. What gives? And that's when you know they definitely filmed in Canada for those scenes. Because they're like, this is what New York sounds like. This is offensively, yeah. This is like New York land. Speaking of trains, they did get the historically uh-huh. accurate uh-huh. Oh, it's historically accurate mm. they had the one two three which exists mm-hmm. today in 2019 but with it was At- the nine hell yeah which existed and that, in that time yep and then they had the f and the v mm-hmm. which also existed at one point and it actually came out here to where we are now astoria the queens the v stopped yeah. at um it, it went on the queens boulevard line and it was part of the orange line which mm-hmm. Forgive me, transit gods. Mm-hmm. I don't know the technical name. But I just the... call them by the colors. It's fine. What are you doing? 
But yeah, I remember when I was in high school, uh, coming to school in Manhattan, they the nine was just uh, discontinued, and they were just like taping over the number nine. So like you'd see this one, two, three, anymore. and a, just a black square. Hey, there's no more nine. <laughs> I'm real sorry. <laughs> I think I paused on that moment the most in this movie because I was yeah. like, wait, I live in New York and I don't know that these trains exist. Yeah. That's where my research went. That's some history for you all out there. What was the name of the model of train that they took, Ryan? Uh, R46. (laughs) There you go. The the Kawasaki KM120 or something. Dates back to the Johnson administration. (laughs) So Toto's stuck in a hole. And all of the cheater girls in their coincidentally matching outfits uh, arrive at the scene to get Toto out by singing to him. (laughs) Yep, the, the the firefighters sitting in there like, ah, Toto's not moving. You gotta you gotta call to him. And they just start going, Toto, Toto, we'll get you out. And he's like, No, you gotta do it louder. So then they sing softly, and that works. Which is classic Disney. I know. You can only communicate to animals when you sing. Mm-hmm. No other way to do it. <laughs> That's how Toto will hear it. And uh and then, you know, cue the Cheetah Girls all uh singing the title song, Cheetah Sisters. I guess that's not the title song, but it's the it's the the lead song. Cheetah Sisters. In a fully produced music video. Yes. A music video that Jackal Johnson is watching live. Yeah, because they put it on the The whole world is watching. Yes. The world is watching Dog in a Hole on Madison. Meanwhile, they cut off the power. They cut off the gas at some Mm -hmm. point. So, like, Toto has shut down New York. Oh, yeah. yeah. Causes a traffic jam. And, in fact, it warrants a reporter because Mm -hmm. the reporter goes out to the scene. And I'm Kent Brockman, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Yep. And, and... The talent show is going on at this time, and what's his name? The dude, uh, Kyle Schmid, is rapping a a whole thing, and then the power cuts out, and then when it cuts back in, the news is on. Magically. (laughs) In a big projector, and everyone goes, we gotta go there. (laughs) Then they witness it, and everywhere the Cheetah Girls go, like there's a scene earlier where it's uh, Raven and uh, uh, Chuchi, and they just start like dancing a little bit at the top of the movie. The, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And like a crowd gathers. Yes. And they're like, wow. I made the note. I was like, yeah. okay, wherever they start to perform, an audience will come. Yeah, yeah they just have this magnetism mm-hmm. that is uh, no one can resist. Extremely realistic because you know if you're yeah. two teen girls and you start busting a move in New York, everybody gathers around you and goes, "Hey, look at these <laughs> girls! They're it's, dancing." It's worth noting that there's there's no music actually in the scene. The music is you know we see it in the movie it's because it's a movie. That's thank you. I could not for the life of me think of it. The music is non diegetic and the crowd still gathers to watch these just you know two fourteen year old girls dancing. Wait, can we do a recreation of what it actually would have sounded like if you were there? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, check this out. It's that expensive? (laughs) That's way too expensive. (laughs) Uh, This has been uh, a Cheetah Girls reenactment on Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. Thanks for joining us. Diegetic Um, dad hour. Should we uh, we do the decom F-bomb? Yes. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, the decom F-bomb is a little game we like to play. Um, if this movie were a PG-13 movie, you would get to say fuck once. Where would you put it in this movie? Who would like to begin? I Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, are you sure? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I'm changing the fuck to fuck you if that's Absolutely. acceptable in this mm-hmm. home. So at the end of the movie, when the talent show gets interrupted and everyone has to leave, and Drinko shows up to Raven, 
get whatever her name is, Galleria. <laughs> and she starts to apologize to Drinko for being a total bitch. Drinko goes, yeah, you got a big head, but it's filled with big dreams. And you got a big heart to match. But you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the revenge I want Drinko to have. So much better than the actual line, which is what? Like, you got to control your... It's, but you know what? You need to watch out about that big mouth. I'm like, no, <laughs> just cut it off. Say, yeah. fuck you. Fuck you. That's what she deserves. So much better. She's a freshman. She can take it. I love it. <laughs> <She's> a... <laughs> <laughs> she needs to hear it. James, what do you got? Okay, this is a little bit out of left field, but I thought about all day. Jackal has like a hype man with him. Who... Is that guy? Mm. First of all, <laughs> it's the guy who, who shows up and like when Jackal's first scene, he he's with him at the talent show, and he just has non sequiturs all movie, <laughs> and he just like Jackal's talking. The letter G is so hot right uh, now. Yeah, and and he just be like the Jackal keeps it real when they're just talking about like I have a record deal, and he's like the Jackal keeps it real. Uh, and then, like, he's the one that hands out the animal masks. He's he, the murderer, if this ever became a... He uh-huh. is a murderer. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. He's, as far as I read him, he is in a different movie. Absolutely. <laughs> he belongs nowhere in this. So I wanted just one scene <laughs> where he turns to someone in the background and just loudly, not reading the situation, just goes, what the fuck's a cheetah? <laughs> I can oh see God. it happening. <laughs> well, <laughs> just staring into space goes, what the fuck's a cheetah? <laughs> or like when they're performing girl power and you yeah. see him like whisper something to Jackal. <laughs> what the fuck's a cheetah? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. My decom F-bomb is very simple. It's just, I would have wanted, so, you know, Franco Bolo speaks in a lot of Italian. I would have mm. wanted him to sneak in like a, a che cazzo or a, Vaffanculo. Vaffanculo. Which, yeah, which yeah. which means what the fuck. Just like, you know, when he's talking to Dorothea, Dorothea, Vaffanculo. Disney yeah. could have totally passed that off because oh, yeah. what 10-year-old's going to Google that one? Yeah, who's, who can even spell what he's saying? It's very fast Italian. And then Italian. suddenly we have a generation of 10-year-olds walking around saying Vaffanculo. I used to say that when I was a kid. I used to say Fangul because mm-hmm. my, my parents said Fangul yeah. and I didn't know what it meant. Oh, God, I love that journey for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go, Fungul, and no, no one ever called me on it. Of course not. Because they knew you didn't know, so it was fine. Or they didn't know themselves. Because Fungul is like Gabagool. Right, it's just it's like Americanized. A, it's a bastardization, yeah. Right. Mutsadel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to round it out, and uh, I, I, I got one. It's uh, Dog in a Hole. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or, this is my honorable mention. Oh, that's way too fucking expensive. (laughs) (laughs) It would be a very real New York sound to just have fuck all over the background. Yeah, In the background. Yeah. It it, it happens every day. (laughs) New York slogan. New York, there's fuck in the background. (laughs) Everywhere you go. Welcome to New York. Get the fuck out. Yeah. What else do we want to cover before we wrap this up and start rating? I have two notes. Hit me. If I can jump on in. Please. All right. So this is at the top of the movie and at the end of the movie. Top of the movie, as they're performing, there's a cheetah pinata getting the shit beat out Mm. of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that worried anybody else. But as soon as that thing explodes, Galleria says, I take a whacking and keep on smacking. (laughs) And (laughs) if that's not a 
big Ooh. dick energy. Oh, I yeah. I don't know what is. Hell, yeah. And then Galleria, at the end of the movie, when they hang up on... Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Hang up on Jackal. So I was 10 years old when this movie came out, and I soon after that got my own flip phone. Oh. And I would be lying, too, if I said I didn't end every phone call just snapping it shut and feeling like the most fabulous cheetah on the planet. Tell Jackal Johnson that the Cheetah Girls are unavailable. Snap. Yeah, you, you, you can't get that same dramatic phone conversation end no. anymore. That was always the best part of ending a phone conversation. Yeah. You slam the flip Especially phone. Especially on a razor. Mm-hmm. Just snap it shut, go on my way to 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, now you just throw your phone. Yeah. yeah that's, I, I thought of that. That's the, that's the new dramatic thing is you throw your phone. Toss it on the bed. you care so little about that conversation you want to throw $800 yep. to the ground is <laughs> basically what you're saying we're done with this yeah there's one phone conversation in this movie in one of the lunchroom scenes where she just she doesn't she hangs up by pressing the end button on her flip phone and then just puts it down upside down she doesn't flip it closed mm-hmm. and I was like this is weird also, it just feels wrong they let them have cell phones in the cafeteria I mean that was a big no-no back in the days where I was in the cafeteria Likewise. yeah yep, they soon, told you get off that phone I remember as that as soon as they came out they wouldn't even let you have Yu-Gi-Oh cards or Pokemon or cards po- yeah like, no Pokemon games yeah mm-hmm. it was like they would have immediately jumped on cell phones mine were confiscated every single day we lost Crazy Bones rights in fifth grade. Uh, that was a bummer. Oh. And milky pens? Forget oh, about yeah. Milky pens. They'll poison your skin. <laughs> We're really dating ourselves with the, here. With the black uh, pads. You would write on with milk pens. <laughs> yeah, oh, Jay, Ryan, you say we're dating ourselves, but I bet you many of our listeners also can relate because we are the generation uh, who grew up on the DComs. Yeah. If you also uh, know these things, milky pens, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, crazy <laughs> bones, let us know. Disney Channel Tipsy Panel at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter because you're likely there if you're in this demographic. Yeah. True. Um, I wanted to ask about what I think was a reference to something that would have been totally outside this demographic. Mm. Um, somebody, and I forget who, said, I'm just trying to keep it light FM with you. Is that? <laughs> did I hear that correctly? Probably. Because That's light FM is a radio, a radio. station yeah. in New York. Yeah. And I, th- I thought that would have been totally weird if that was actually like a, a local reference, but it would have been likely totally lost on any kids who were watching it i mean it just sounds like the name of a radio station you know like you like you could easily make up a radio station name like wkrc uh the rock fm there you go that's a radio station but uh yours truly is in the radio business uh technically oh that's true and knows that light fm is a a real radio station in new york it is Mm -hmm. so i just thought it was weird that uh I, I for I'm not even sure if I heard that correctly, but somebody must have pulled it out of their ass. Yeah, I I believe you. Thank you. You're welcome. Light FM definitely had like a tent at the Oyster Bay Oyster Festival from <laughs> 1998 through 2005. <laughs> On the list of things that confused me while watching this movie, when they audition for the talent show and that one little boy gets up to Jackal, <laughs> gives a business card, and someone says, "Get your brother out of here." Whose brother is he? No idea. He never shows up again. Because one of the girls is taking responsibility for him, but he disappears, and family dynamic in this movie has sincerely confused the shit out of me. He's not even in the final scene where they're no. all like together at the at the hole. Like, even Toto's there. Thanks, Toto. Yeah, but this little boy's 
that's definitely like the child of one of the producers, you know, just the kid who has, who was there. on set. Yeah, just get him in. Actually, on that note, um, I have uh, I, this was something I did in the last episode, and I think I want to make it a recurring segment. It's a uh, uh, I'm going to call it. Uh, what was that name? Uh, I picked oh, out my I favorite names this. from the credits. Uh, I oh, have a so these are the real names of the crew. Yeah, so I picked the real names of cast and crew, and these are my five favorite names. Oh, Obviously, God. on there is Kyle Schmid, mm. who plays Derek. <laughs> yep. Um, um, the the there's a comedian at the talent show who plays himself. His name is Ennis Esmer. Oh, that's a good name. Um, the one of the choreographers is named David Super Dave Royster. Get it. I know. Get it, Super Dave. Dave. The first AD is named Patrick Tidy. <laughs> the word, T-I-D-Y. And my favorite, I'm not even sure if it is a person. The visual effects for this movie were done by Mr. X. <laughs> is it a person? Is it a company? Mm. Who knows? They're listening right now. <sighs> All Mr. these X. people. Mr. X, hit us up at <laughs> Tipsy Panel on Twitter. Yeah, I really want to know about the the lovely fireworks you did at the last shot of the movie that pew. just kind of appear out of nowhere pew, and pew. spell out Cheetah Girls. Pew, pew. <laughs> Great job there. Did uh, you really throw the dog in a hopeless hole? Yeah. Email us. We need to know. Was Toto harmed in the making of this yeah. film? That was a bad scene, too, because I don't know if it was an actual dog actor or what, but the dog's movements were so jerky. It almost looked yeah. like it was in reverse. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. So it was you like, think they actually put him away? in a hole? No, I think that they filmed the dog looking around, and then they... when it wasn't doing what they wanted it to, they reversed But also, it. whatever camera they were using for those scenes was just very weird. It, it was, was like, yeah, it was like a... a like I felt a, like we were looking for Chilean miners. Yeah, yeah. It was like a handheld, and then they clearly like threw some soot on this dog. Like, yeah. dirty. Make the it dog dirty for this. Yeah, yeah. Hey, who's gonna make this dog dirty? We gotta get this scene done in thirty minutes. Port authorities <laughs> up my ass about this. <laughs> they um, did him like the dog in Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff, just like covered him in goop and yeah, shit. Oh, God, I still feel bad for that yeah, pup. too. Wait, so if Aqua's getting out at the 14th Street subway. <laughs> And Toto is stuck down on 14th Street. What avenue do we think the magnet school is on? Oh, good question. Um, probably, I'd say West Side, probably. This um, is a West Side school. Definitely. Yeah, maybe somewhere. Um, let's see, 14th. Uh, maybe like 7th Avenue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with yeah. 7th Ave. Right. 7th and 14th. By the movie theater. My the vote is for entrance. Broadway. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. Right through Union Square. Yeah, right there. Th- that's enough space to have a big dance number at the end of the movie. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Is it, do we think it's like towards Alphabet City, like Stytown? No, well, probably not. But wait, where's the one two three nine FV? That's Sixth that, Avenue. That is Sixth. Yeah, yeah. That's F- F- the FV is is more central. I think that's close right. to Broadway. So but, uh, one two three nine six. We found you, Cheetah Girls. Hell yeah! For those of you not from New York who are listening, we're not sorry. We talk about yeah. the subway all the time here, and we are very unapologetic. This is our moment. It's a New York movie. We're allowed to talk about the exactly. subway. Exactly. We don't get any map. movies in New York. I've never seen one before. <laughs> yeah, we only get somewhere in the United States of America. I think there's Miracle on 34th Street, and that's it. So if I may, one more great New York reference that was in this movie was um, when uh, Drink a Champagne Reference the great Manhattan blackout of seven. Uh, yes, yes, did, I yep. loved that. I've, my my dad has a story of the great blackout. Um, my father in law has a story of the great blackout. It's it's such a great you know New Yorker story. What year was this movie? Uh, two thousand three. 
That was the same year of the Great Northeast oh, Blackout. Shit. Oh You're my right. God, was it really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. They probably had no idea that was going to happen. Nope. Well, unless they planned it. Mm. Wait, wait. This, are we suggesting? Are we suggesting that Toto caused the Great Northeast Blackout of two thousand three? Absolutely. Yes. Bum, bum. Absolutely. Yes. Toto did. This is a great way. Disney this will go to great, great lengths to market any movie. Clearly, yep. It was the, the first mouse. case of viral marketing. <laughs> the mouse has legs. All right, I'm glad we discovered that. Uh, let's rate this movie. I think it's time. Yeah, go out on that high note. Um, for those of you who don't know, our rating system is very simple. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Nothing in between. Uh, you could choose thumbs up or thumbs down for whatever reasons you want. Uh, but yeah, thumbs up means you liked it. Thumbs up means you didn't. Um I will take the liberty of starting Thank because you. I can. I love this movie. I always have. I always will. I don't. I truly don't understand why it's one of the lowest rated decoms on IMDb. Some people trash this movie, and if we had more time, it would be great to go through some terrible things that people say. But uh, no, I love this movie. The music is pretty great. Early two thousands pop rivals Destiny's Child and Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 the outfits are wonderful. The slang is dumb. Uh, pretty good parents. Uh, good sets. Um, I like that they actually filmed it in New York. Great movie. Thumbs way up. I like it. All right. Let's go around the room. Ryan. Oh, well, thanks for asking, Brandon. And uh, for all you listeners out there, I, I think you know that I'm the show's Simon Cowell, if you will. I generally... <laughs> does that mean you got bad plastic surgery? <laughs> It does, and oh, luckily you can't show see my us your face. Teeth. I've got I've got a face for radio, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean this is no different. I suffered watching this movie. <laughs> I didn't I didn't like anything about it. Earnestly, um, you know the slang really pissed me off. The music was good, I'll give it that, but um, it was just as poorly made as any other decom we've seen. Um, my heart, you know, <laughs> continuity errors out the ass. Like there was no. that one scene where um, Chuchi and her mom were doing face masks, and yes. the mom's face mask disappeared and yep. then came back. <laughs> yeah, so that just spoke to me about you know, I was actually surprised how low budget or you know poorly made, whatever you want to say, this one was. Um, but you know, it did have some redeeming factors. It was filmed in New York. There was the one, two, three, nine FV. <laughs> um, you know, lots of guitar bullshit with Kyle Schmidt. <laughs> I forgot about his guitar. You playing. know, I'm really surprised that I'm actually going to give this one a thumbs up. Because <gasps> it was it was shitty, and I won't watch it again. But it was it was so bad that. I kind of enjoyed how bad it was. Oh my god! We appreciate you. You don't know how happy that makes me, Ryan. <laughs> I knew I knew you were not gonna like it. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> but I'm so glad you gave it a thumbs up. I suffered greatly for you, Brandon. Oh, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, thumbs up. Not a resounding thumbs up. I don't feel good about it, but um, that's okay. It was so bad, it was good. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome, John Franco. Your turn. All right, popcorn. Um, I'll say, on a very sincere note. For a 10-year-old who's grown up in a weird part of Pennsylvania and was just starting to question who he was, this movie definitely empowered him to feel some kind of fabulous. Mm. Um, So it, it does have a very near and dear place in my heart. I can remember sneaking out of some family friend's birthday party to go find the TV in the basement. Cause I, I knew cheetah something was going to premiere tonight. Okay. So like <laughs> I watched it 
And I, I just remember, remember myself being transfixed to that TV. And uh, someone else came downstairs and found me. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> it's the Cheetah Girls. You don't understand. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, I'll play this, uh, their soundtrack in every road trip that I take with my, my best friend. Like, Cheetah Girls just keeps coming back around. And I hope to see them headline Coachella one day. Mm-hmm. So I give it two huge thumbs up. I want more, and thank you, Disney, for doing this. You'll get more because there are some sequels that you're going to have to come back on the show for. Yes. <sighs> we're we're going to do the whole trilogy yeah. one of these well, days. Well, if you guys can stand me for two those more are, movies. Oh, I, will. I those, No, no. Yes. It would be our pleasure. I'm not looking forward to watching two more <laughs> movies, yeah. but I'm looking forward to having you back. We Same. lose Raven. In, in the, the third, third one. movie. Okay, so yeah. that one, we're both going to have a tough no, no, time getting no, through. No, no spoilers. Yeah, it's I'm very, public knowledge. I'm very invested in this, as you can tell. <laughs> James, finish this off. Oh, guys. So, there's a lot of stuff that has that intangible... I talk about it every time. That intangible uh, good-bad in this movie. Like, the shameless melodrama of it all. Where there's a, probably a 10 to 15 minute chunk of the movie where it's just violins and <laughs> tears from teenagers. Uh, there's that whole thing. I genuinely appreciate that shit. It's so good. Uh, Cinderella is an undoubted banger. Mm-hmm. I mm. will listen to that probably for years. Should have won a Grammy. Right after we finish this podcast. Right mm-hmm. after. I'm, I'm going to play it on the walk home. <laughs> uh, having said that... I found myself, this was one of those movies I was sort of, I had to like walk away from it because I would, it it was, I was pushing through it because I know we were going to talk about it. I really was observing and in some ways appreciating what I was seeing in the, in terms of it was not an ideal movie experience, but I had to keep taking breaks because it was honestly, it was getting me a little aggravated. (laughs) Uh, yep. It, I, I went into somewhat of a fugue state. Some of what you talked about, I didn't remember, <laughs> and then I feel like I would snap out when, like, I would see a Kangol hat, <laughs> or um, you know, maybe some double hoop earrings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while I can, I appreciate everybody's standpoint on it. Mm-hmm. From my personal experience of it, as someone in 2019 <laughs> in their late 20s, <laughs> old this, man. I gotta give it a thumbs down. I understand from my perspective. We it do, hurts me, but I understand. We, had, we have to give credit though for a Disney movie in 2003. How incredibly diverse! Yeah, this just the characters totally and the story fair. is absolutely. And I, I mean, like the only other Disney movie I can think of when I hear the word diverse is The Color of Friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm just being a little senile on my memory of movies, but this one definitely takes the cake on that i think yeah and this is a time in you know movie making and tv making where there were very clear lines of like like what what is like black entertainment you know like if you have a certain number of black actress actors or actresses it's considered black entertainment which is totally ridiculous you know looking at it from today's standards but i feel like this was very well represented across all, you know, uh, yeah. on many spectrums and doesn't really fall into that category, yeah. which is really cool. Uh, it's harder for me to say because I am white. So if I am talking out of my ass, please forgive me. 
But, you know, I, this movie, you know, was enjoyed by many. Right. And it's time. New York City 2003, just in the midst of rebuilding, mm-hmm. where we need to see this positivity and this this diversity. Yeah. Just, and I think Disney did very well in that aspect. As, absolutely. Whether you're, it's palatable to people in 2019, who knows? You're, so you're, you're, you're dancing around it, but you may not be familiar with it. We talk about 9-11 a lot here, so I'll just say it. The Cheetah okay. Girls saved New York after 9-11. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was Mike Piazza. <laughs> it wasn't Rudy Giuliani. Fuck Rudy Giuliani. The Cheetah Girls brought New York back from 9-11. No, it was Mike Piazza. It was Mike Piazza. You, why not both? You know what? I'll, I'll give you this one. I'll give you your stupid baseball man if you give me the Cheetah Girls. How about that? And uh, hey, since we're on the subject of the New York Mets, I want to thank uh, legendary New York Mets closer John Franco for being on the show. <laughs> It was an honor to be here. I don't know how I got here. So you're the Rolaids Relief Man of the Year. <laughs> you I certainly am. have the same ERA plus as Cy Young. Um, lifetime 2.93 ERA. What can I say? Go sports. John Franco, this is the chance where you get to do any of your plugs. Please don't let it be baseball. Plugs, I am a typically boring person, but if you want to find me on social media, f- uh, follow up on all the playwriting that I'm doing, um, any articles that I write for the Leaky Cauldron, because I am a big Harry Potter oh, nerd. Whoa. Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Frankie Franco Fabio. Those are my three nicknames in high school. Mm. Uh, Frankie K-Y, not I-E. Um, yeah, so hit me up there. Tell me how much you love or hate my voice. <laughs> it's a nice voice. I really it like it. Absolutely. We're so glad that you joined us. Um, everybody, you can also follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. We are on Twitter at Tipsy Panel. And we are on Gmail. You can email us at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel at gmail.com. We actually got an email uh, recently uh, from a longtime listener, uh, Samantha. We know that she's out there. And Samantha. she emailed us. Hi, Samantha. She emailed us in response, this is a great segue, into uh, the fact that we were talking about whatever my Harry Potter house would be. I took the test, Samantha, because you sent it to me. It's Gryffindor. Oh, yeah. It was a C. Oh, I, I knew it. This guy. You were right. Okay. Yeah. Can we can we hold on for like two more minutes and mm-hmm. talk? Okay. No, no. We're, we're going to have to do that after the jump. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I put these four girls into their Hogwarts houses. Oh, oh, please. Mm. Okay. Galleria is a Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Chanel is a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Okay. Because she's she's very loyal, and they're like, you have to say something. She's like, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, Aqua is a Slytherin because she's the one who like gets fucking fed Snake. up. And she's like, yeah. I'm coming Snake. in. She likes and hot sauce. Dorinda is a Ravenclaw because I think she just like is the smartest out of all of them. She works she, hard. She knows how to like hide her private life. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's Shady. a great take. Yeah. If any of you agree or disagree with John Franco, please let us know at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. Fight me. Thank at you so Tipsy much Panel. for joining us, John Franco. Uh, we will do this me. again for the rest of the Cheetah Girls movies in the future. Much yes. to my chagrin. Yes, but you're going to sit through it because you love us and we love you. Not for long. My love is conditional. <laughs> That's our show, everybody. Uh, tune in next time. We'll have another decom for you. Uh, thank you so much. Bye. HTTP colon slash slash www dot chomp. Cheetah.com <laughs> Oh yeah, that was great. Woo! What an episode.
Hey, how are you? Good morning. We got 30 to 50 feral hogs here in the studio <laughs> with us. Oh, my goodness. How am I supposed to defend my children? 